Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. It's Isla, your CEO, founder, and host of the podcast. Today, I have on Coach Kat or Catherine um, here with us, and we're going to talk all about planning because that's going to be the upcoming theme of Millennial Living for this next month. So we're going to give you a little bit of a um, freebie on what you can do to plan a little bit better for weight loss in general, kind of like however you interpret what that means. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, Catherine. Absolutely. Happy to be here. And I don't know if like, do your clients call you Kat or do you like reintroduce yourself? I know I've like asked you before, but yeah, I think it's, I think I mostly professionally do Catherine. Catherine. Okay. Um, most, all of my friends still call me Kat. Okay. Well, for future reference, if I mess up, cause I know you as Kat. So I always like, yeah. to, like, I, I gladly welcome either one. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So anybody listening is the same person. Um, but we are going to, yeah, dive in today, all about planning, but first you know, any updates with you? I feel like I recently talked to you, so I don't feel like I'm expecting really anything or are you enjoying any new foods or any like fun client, you know, stories or anything like that that you can share? I just went to Chicago last weekend. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Tagged along with my husband. He had a work conference. So that was good. I got to see some friends and family, my grandfather, he's 94 and like so smart and with it. And like, just He's awesome. So I'm like so inspired by him every time I see him. That was so fun. He graduated college when he was 90. What? Yeah, oh my gosh. School and finished college. So like Good for him. So such an awesome story. So oh, I just did um cut a bunch of watermelon up and it's so good. I think oh, is it season? Time of the year already. So yeah, love and watermelon. Um and yeah, I just got off a call with a client and we were just talking about like how to navigate. Uh, she had a lot of like networking events, um, which I feel like ties into similar foods to like picnics and summer parties and grill outs and all that kind of stuff. And so we just really strategized for how she can handle that, how she can not feel too overwhelmed by that. And, um, she felt like we came up with a really good plan afterwards. So she was not feeling anxious about it anymore. And yeah, excited for her. Good, good. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that our clients kind of come to us with in general, like in the past, they seem like they've, they've done well with like restrictive measures when everything is like perfectly like in a box, like perfect for the day. But then like when life happens or like, yeah, when you go to a cookout and you don't know the calories, like we definitely don't want to be just like not eating there. That's not good for overall quality of life. 
Um, and so I think empowering people to still show them like, this is how you do it. This is how we think about food groups and stuff like that is what mm-hmm. we're always looking out for. So that's great. And that's definitely a struggle with the summer. I think a lot of people always just think about like the winter for like, oh, there's so many events, but there's really events like all year long, right? Like July 4th and stuff. So the events never end. So it's just better to figure out how to work through them instead of just thinking you'll restart after some sort of holiday. So yeah. So just some news, um, as far as, yeah, like the millennial living theme. So if you don't know what millennial living is, it's our membership platform. It's a way to get a little bit more in depth on content from us. So we don't have to really fight like the algorithm over on Instagram. And, um, this month we're going to talk a lot about planning. So we always do a monthly challenge that goes along with that. So you can, do like enlist in the challenge and win a cash prize. If you finish, we also upload a demo of some sort that's going to go with the planning theme, a module that will kind of teach you a little bit more about planning for weight loss, a downloadable PDF and an exclusive blog post. So tons of extra stuff that will be over there, but let's dive into kind of our articles for the day. So the first one that I found that was interesting is an article by, I think it was like Yahoo news or no, I think it was like today's show that, um, they talked about how, um, they have this idea that maybe weight loss isn't about just eating less. Maybe it's about eating, I guess, less carbs. I mean, that's what it sounded like they were saying maybe with like an idea, I guess that they were saying that, um, a lot of it comes with, um, your body not responding well with insulin or producing a lot of insulin whenever you become a certain body size. And so they're thinking that maybe it's not just about eating less overall, but paying attention to this, like certain macro, but what were your two cents on that before I say like my little spiel? I think there's going to be so much more coming out about this just in general, because, Mm -hmm. um, obesity and weight loss and everything is, is so complicated and it's not, uh, not as easy as we maybe once thought it was. And I think there's so many metabolic adaptations that happen when people do gain weight that just do make it harder to lose that weight. So jumping to extreme carb restriction is not my normal go-to, um, mostly because I think it's really difficult. I don't think it's sustainable, especially like talking about the life, normal life things. Right. Um, and so, but I do think it's really interesting, the science about insulin. And so I do think in general, reducing those highly processed carbohydrates, reducing all of our added sugar intake, uh, all of that is going to help our insulin respond. So um, essentially when we eat carbohydrates or foods that turn into sugar or sugar, our body has to produce insulin to respond to that. And so I always tell the kids I work with that it's like the little key to open the cell to get the energy in. And so when we're having to produce those so much, it's not good for us. And so obviously insulin resistance is, you know, a precursor that could potentially lead to prediabetes or diabetes. So of course, getting that under control is really, really important. Um, I think in general, like controlling carbohydrate portions, being mindful of it, always pairing it with some sort of protein or fat is always a good route to go for anyone is probably going to help all of our bodies respond better to insulin so that we are, um, not becoming, you know, insulin resistant. So yeah, I think, uh, jumping to just keto for everyone is probably not the fix all, but I do think being mindful of carbohydrates and, uh, especially those highly processed ones and added sugars is something that is healthy for everyone. I feel like I kind of hear you saying like, again, let's like, look at the basics. Like, are you still looking like, are we neglecting exercise? Are we neglecting like what our fruit and vegetable intake looks like or whatever, and just going ahead and switching over to a super low carbohydrate intake. Cause I don't know, they, they did reference like a study in there, I think where they looked and they saw like 
that everybody had these like amazing results from eating a low carb diet. And I always wonder, I mean, I didn't look too far into the study, but it's like, yeah, but you know, were they already like trying every single effort out there? That's a little bit more reasonable before they go this other method. Um, and then just following a low carb diet, um, like in that way, when you're ignoring the rest of everything, yeah. Does that lead to an overall like quality of life? If you're not able to go to like a cookout, like you said, or really struggle, if you go to a work event or something, if it's not even indicated, cause like you said, I don't think at least for my clients too, like, it's not something I start with because not everybody needs that. And not mm-hmm. even everybody who reaches a certain BMI. Cause I think I've read some research where it does say that some people who have so much like adipose tissue or fat, like um, tissue on their body, they can start to become insulin resistant. So it's something I definitely keep in the back of my head, but I want to say like at least like 75% of my clients, like they do so well, which is like the basic, no matter their BMI do well, which is like a basic method of increasing activity a little bit and fruit and vegetable first before kind of jumping to like, okay, is there something going along with incidents? But I am glad that now people are starting to think a little bit more about like, maybe it's not just like eating less overall. So I feel like I'm on the same page with that. It's a complex Uh, thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Which is why you should work with a registered dietitian because then we can, you know, Do you feel like you're tired of trying every new diet out there whenever you're ready to lose weight, but you never really find long-term success because it's either too restrictive or just not conducive to your lifestyle? Well, then let me tell you about our three-month lifestyle reset program. This is an individualized weight loss approach where you'll be going through our proven six-step method and you'll be led by a registered dietitian. By becoming a client of the program, you'll be able to learn how to control your weight, increase your energy and confidence, and also improve your overall well-being. Not to be dramatic, but a lot of clients tell us that they actually change their lives by going through the program and finally find a sustainable weight loss solution when they actually haven't found that with any other program. If you are interested in becoming a client, sign up for a discovery call on our website, themillennialnutritionist.com with me, Isla Garcia, and I'll help match you with one of our registered dietitian coaches based off of your challenges and their nutrition expertise. If you're ready to find a sustainable weight loss solution in a non-judgmental and encouraging environment, I hope you'll connect with us soon. With the other article I found, so this one I thought kind of would help us lead into today in case anybody is wondering, um, food prices are growing up. So this um, article was from a website called like Food Navigator that I hadn't really heard of before, but um, I thought it was interesting because they're just kind of talking about how food prices are going up. And unfortunately, they don't think it's really going to go back down, I guess, like even into next year. So what can we kind of do to kind of help people with that? I mean, they're thinking that it looked like what they thought it was coming from was like an surplus um, cost on like fertilizer, which is going to just affect every single thing. Even meat like has to eat, like cows have to eat something that's fertilized at some point. So it's just going to affect every single little aspect of, of groceries and stuff like that. But what did you think about that? Like, does anything like come to mind or like any tips you can kind of give for like what to do if like grocery prices do keep going up and we're starting to have to think like how to navigate that? It tends to be the first thing that people maybe opt for the cheaper and more calorie dense foods versus getting some of the other, um, what we consider healthier foods, which is an unfortunate thing about our food system, right? That it's not setting us up for success, which is a whole nother problem that we can get into. But with the circumstances we have now, um, I would say um, really optimizing things that are on sale. And so like, if you have capacity to sort of like switch your recipes or switch what you're going to get, like. I always just, before I go to the store, I just put fruit on my 
list, I'm going to get fruit. I don't know what it's going to be. It's always going to be whatever's on sale. Mm. And so, or in season, which typically those correlate together. So whatever they're going to have a surplus of tends to be cheaper. So always looking for foods that are on sale. Um, a lot of the grocery stores too, if things are going to expire within like two, three, four days, they'll reduce the price of them and put like a little sticker tag on it. So I always look for those sometimes in some grocery stores, those are all in one section. Other times, um, you just kind of have to look. So that's something to be mindful of as well. Utilizing frozen or canned fruits or vegetables is also a great option. There's nothing wrong with that. I always say with anything can just drain and rinse it. So if it's a fruit, you're going to get the syrup off of it or the juice. If it's a veggie that helps get a little bit of the salt off as well. So those are my go-to things. And then of course, incorporating any sort of like plant-based things are cheaper than meat. So increasing maybe your soy protein or using more beans or things like that are going to help. And then frozen meats or fish typically tend to be cheaper than buying the fresh. So you can always buy more bulk bags of like frozen fillets of fish or um, things like that. Also, in order to get in fish, you can always utilize canned tuna, canned salmon. That's a great option as well. You can make patties out of that. You can make uh, tuna salad, salmon salad, anything like that. So just getting creative because unfortunately it is super, super expensive. Also, a lot of high-end grocery stores, their prices are already high. They're going to get higher. So I love Aldi. I know, Isla, you go there too, but I'm a huge Aldi fan. So if you have one near you, that's a great option. Yeah, I think all those are great. I was going to kind of talk about those things too, um, especially like with the beans. I feel like a lot of people don't realize like how inexpensive, I and mean, I guess people do talk about it, but um, you can, you know, protein tends to be one of the highest like uh, cost items, well, especially if you're doing like fresh shrimp or like fresh salmon or fresh, um, mm-hmm. steak, you know, or something like that. But I mean, a bag of beans is so inexpensive and you don't have to do it every day, but like just swapping it out one time, I think can really help. And then they can be really fast to make if you just make them in the pressure cooker too, or get canned. Those are great too. But yes, mm-hmm. I love all the, and I've gone back now because I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely more money than I did when I was a college student, when I like, I was forced to go to Aldi, but now the prices, the prices, it's just like every week I do my budget. I'm like, dang, this is like a whole meal. I could have eat out somewhere if I wasn't having to, you know, love going to whole foods. Or we have this like really fancy place out here called central market in Texas, which is like HEB is like the local place, but they, it's almost like fresh market, but like a huge, or you probably, I don't know if fresh market is up where you live either. I guess kind of like whole food. Okay. Yeah. There's not a fresh market here. I don't think, but it's huge. Um, but it's like fancy and expensive. So just gone back to Aldi and I feel like all these definitely come a long way. Um, and a lot of people I don't think realize that Aldi is actually like, like a German store. So we grew up going to Aldi because my dad is from Europe. And so we always thought it was fancy that Aldi was like, here we're like, what kind of fancy. And everybody's like, it's like store brand. I'm like, I mean, my family in Europe goes and it's like fancy out there. So, um, yeah, definitely take advantage of those, um, cheaper stores. Um, and we can keep looking into things if, if groceries do become unattainable. I think that for now, my other like tip was just like, try to buy what you need. Sometimes I think that people buy just like a lot of snack foods that maybe they don't necessarily need and it's fine. And might, that might come up with a conversation of maybe we don't need to be thinking of food is like pleasure all the time. Like on a Friday night, you might not need like a super high calorie snack to complement like your dinner, your meal. It might be a good time to be like, maybe can I focus on something else brings me joy instead of just like loading up my grocery with a ton of snacks that are super high calorie, as opposed to just prioritizing the foods that you need to get in for now and might even help you with weight loss in the long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay. So moving on to planning 101, where can I kind of give our tips for what that looks like? Um, But let's set the groundwork first. So let me just ask you like a couple questions. 
so we can frame why this is even important. So what does planning kind of mean? I feel like after I made some notes, I realized it's like pretty vague, but what do you feel like planning means as far as like, maybe like what it can help with weight loss? Um, and like, what does that kind of like mean for you or what should somebody be thinking about when planning for like a weight loss intervention or anything like that? I think like the first thing I think of is meal planning, right? That's the first thing that comes to mind. I think oftentimes people think in order to lose weight, I have to follow the strict meal plan. Um, and I think I've worked with people before. We are all capable of making meal plans. They take a lot of time. I don't like making them. My problem with meal plans is that it's a very strict thing to follow. And then it doesn't really help equip you to make any choices or decisions on your own when maybe you stop following this one month meal plan that you downloaded online. Right. Cause then it's like, okay, well back to quote unquote, normal life, normal eating. I don't know what to do. Um, and so when I think of planning, I don't necessarily think okay, here's the whole week, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, everything has to be planned out to a T. Um, when I think of planning, the main thing I think of is planning dinners for the whole week. Um, of course, there goes lots of planning goes into like, I schedule my exercise or else I'm not going to do it. I plan for my grocery shopping. I plan for my dinners and my meals for the week. I plan like, when am I going to eat out? When am I going to eat at home? Mm-hmm. Um, I think just, you know, when am I going to get my steps in? When am I going to prioritize getting enough sleep, all those kinds of things. I think all of any sort of intentional change takes planning. It doesn't just happen. And so I think planning can be a lot of different ways. I think the number one thing that comes to mind when I think of it is meal planning. Um, obviously because I'm a dietitian, so that's probably the number one thing I think, you know, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I think of. Yeah. I I know my mind kind of went to that too. And even like right before I was like trying to gather my thoughts for when we were recording, I was like, I guess we could have taken this like a lot of different ways and maybe we can just make different episodes about it. Cause we can totally mean that planning. Yeah. It means like planning exercise and stuff like that. And when I think of it, I think it comes to planning your meals too, or planning, like, how are you going to utilize like the food you have so that they don't go, it doesn't go bad, which is a common complaint. I hear a lot more adding in more produce. Um, because then if it goes bad and we only have these like high, like preserved items that tend to stay better longer, like, you know, cheese, it's goldfish, ice cream, stuff like that. And that's typically going to be higher calorie than the produce that went bad after a couple of days. So like trying to plan to make sure you eat low calorie foods like that. And then also just plan to have enough food. And I think it's just, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me too, because that's typically what I tend to work with clients a lot on is trying to make sure they have enough healthy options at their house. So again, that they don't resort to like higher calorie options. Um, typically when it comes to exercise, I don't feel like at least my clients don't seem like they need to plan all that much, maybe because it's just like, you just show up and do it. Like, I think they still have to plan a time of day, but it's, I feel like it seems a little less intricate than like yeah, what all the, yeah, like all the facets of nutrition. I recent I just finished my client call right before this too. And she is a good example of somebody that came a long way with planning. Cause I think the other thing when I think of planning is I find that clients before versus after seem like they're so different because they're just so much more aware of what they're eating and what they're doing, which a component of that needs to come from planning, I think, at least in the beginning. And she um, said that one of her biggest reasons that she was able to lose so much weight was because she planned. Um, She was a nurse, so had these really long shifts. So she couldn't really just rely on exercising every day. She really had to optimize her off days. And so on her off days, she had to plan to prep kind of her snacks or her meals, or at least think think of the plan, optimize on those, on the strength sessions on those days she had off because there's no reason, there's no way she could do it on her um, days where she was working those 12 hour shifts. And then also making sure to plan to get in more steps that day. So for her planning really helped her to be more successful as opposed to just like letting the day go by and thinking like, Oh, I'm going to do it the next day. Cause that was one major thing she said too, is like when she always had this mentality of like, I'm going to do it the next day. 
next day would come and go again. So instead just like planning to kind of do it then and there or like thinking, okay, no, this day can pass, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. So I think that's just an example too, of like what planning can kind of help with weight loss. Um, Absolutely. It's definitely needed. Do you think that everybody should or needs to plan to lose weight or what do you think that can look like? So I think it's going to look different for everyone. I do think some sort of plan is necessary. It doesn't have to be this really intense thing, but some sort of game plan, general idea, um, like with no direction, you're not going to, you don't do anything else that you want to achieve a goal with, with no plan or no direction. Right. And so I think weight loss is the same. I think it's not just going to naturally easily happen. Right. And so it's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some planning. Um, it's going to depend on how much time you have to commit to it, how many resources, all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, I think planning can look like a lot of different things, but I think some planning is required. Yeah. And I think like you're saying, it can be different and there's different levels. Like when I kind of think about that, like this client specifically too, like she didn't really have to try too hard with planning her meals. Cause she just lived and died by like a uh, hello fresh. So like she would eat it for dinner and then eat leftovers for lunch, which you're paying somebody else to make that plan for you, which worked for her. And so for yeah. her, her plan was just like, I don't know, set it up on autopilot, but for other people, it's like planning of, yeah, sitting down and thinking about like what I need from the grocery store and stuff. Um, so I think that it can help, like you said, to just, especially in the beginning to set those habits so that you're creating those pockets of time to do these habits that I guess you didn't use to before, but going into our tips, let's just kind of share, um, go back and forth between what are our kind of like top tips when it comes for planning, like what we see works with clients and out in the world and stuff like that. So as far as meals go, my first one is to evaluate your calendar. I think a lot of times people get really thrown off by events or things that are happening or, I was gone over the weekend and then I came home and I had no groceries. So then I just ate out and then it was already halfway through the week. So then I just did it for the rest of the week. Right. And we get in these cycles. And so evaluating your calendar is huge. That's really where I start with clients and where personally I start. So what do you have going on this week? Do you have a dinner with friends? Do you have an event with family? Do you have a work function? Are you going to be working a different shift? Are you, you know, what's going on and then base things off of that. So like if there's certain days I know that are going to be really long for me or I have clients that know like, oh, every Thursday is always a long day at work for me or every Monday, whatever it might be. Then we know we need to plan an easier meal that night. Like you're not going to want to come home and spend an hour creating some gourmet meal when you're going to be working a really long day. And so planning around that um, and just knowing like, am I going to be eating out this day? Do I need to pack my lunch this day? Or am I, what, what's going on? And so the more we can know what our calendar looks like, that's going to be super helpful. So I always encourage clients who are feeling overwhelmed by meal planning to like take a few minutes, look at their schedule and then base things off of that. What happens if you don't do this, do you think? So I think it causes a lot of stress and I think people feel panicked. And I think when they don't feel like they have the foods that they need at home, they tend to resort to eating out or eating something quick and easy that tends to be higher in calories. And then they just feel like it's not, it it just hasn't set you up for success. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, the more planning you can do, the easier it's going to make it. Yes, definitely. Because um, well, I think we live in a world or even in a country that there's just so many high calorie options, like push at us all the time through marketing, through social media, through billboards, you see all the time that if you don't plan for those heavy days where you've kind of stressed out, the last thing you want to do. Yeah. Like you said, is make a heavy meal. Then like all those things, I think you're going to kind of take over and cause you to gain weight from eating this like higher calorie food. So yeah, I agree. Like planning around those days. Um, I think 
building off of that, I think my tip would be to like plan for even like emergencies with frozen meals. So this is a problem I come up a lot with clients where, yeah, like they've done the whole meal planning thing. Like they look, they try to, you know, have everything stocked up, but then like push comes to shove. And I don't know, they bought strawberries that all went bad. The meat was gross. And then they like, don't know what to do. And so what we kind of work on with clients or I do is like maybe putting together some like emergency meals, like frozen cauliflower pizza is like one of my go-tos. Is it like the best thing in the world? No, but there's a little bit of vegetables in it. Like it gets the job done. I'm full. I'm not going to resort to eating just like a chocolate milkshake for dinner. And it's, you know, good enough. And I have it in the house for some clients. It's like a veggie patty with, I don't know, some sweet potato fries or canned green beans and call it a day. But, um, having like, maybe when you're making your grocery list, making sure you have some frozen stuff on stocked up, or I know you even said before, which I never thought about like your Kodiak cakes. That's another really great, like, yeah shelf stable. Cause I know the frozen thing can kind of freak people out, but I feel like you do really well with this. Do you have any other tips that align with like, yeah, like that emergency meal situation? Yeah. So I always have some sort of meal. Cause this happens to me a lot. Like if I'm like traveling, like I was traveling over the weekend this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, okay, I'm grabbing random things to make. Cause I haven't gone to the grocery store yet. And so, um, I always have some sort of frozen protein, frozen or canned veggies. And then I normally keep like microwavable brown rice or some like bands of pasta. Mm-hmm. I always have Kodiak cakes, um, frozen berries. I typically have yogurt. Obviously that's not a frozen option, but like if you want to make a smoothie, you can do something like that for, um, if you're in a pinch. So yeah, I think definitely having like, I try and have a frozen and a shelf stable. So shelf stable is like some sort of pasta, some sort of canned, um, vegetable and then some sort of protein. So like tuna or chicken or salmon usually or beans. Yeah. And I feel like grow something together. Frozen can kind of get a bad rap. Cause I know when I recommended the clients, they're like, why are you recommending frozen? Isn't that bad? But I feel like they've come a long way. Even like lean cuisine now has done pretty good. Yeah. Healthy choice. There's options. I also always like, if I make a big batch of anything, I always try and freeze like two portions of it. Mm -hmm. And so like you can put it in a freezer bag or Tupperware. And then I use that too, if I'm in a pinch for dinner or even like a lunch, like I don't have anything to pack for lunch the next day. I can grab one of those and it defrosts while it's sitting at work. And then I can just pop in the microwave. I think the produce is where this kind of is hard because it's like, there's limited, I feel like more limited options, like for shelf stable, but I think, yeah, thinking like canned is good. And I feel like people forget about it. I had one client and that was her like go-to and I haven't had many, like every time she's like, I'm just going to keep a bunch of canned green beans. Cause she loved them. <laughs> canned yeah. green beans. My mom grew up eating like canned beets, which I always thought was gross, but, um, I think I like, can- really- I, think a- I always put them on salads oh. take forever to cook beets. Yes. Like yeah. Long. You can even buy them already cut up. Little yeah. Things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I like it's, I feel like beats me is like kind of like eggs. Like sometimes I like them and then sometimes I'm like, Oh, what is this flavor? Yeah. Um, I think those are good. I always Pink recommend. Carrots. Oh, cane carrots. Yeah. I recommend those like little mandarin oranges are great too mm-hmm. for fruit yeah. um, or applesauce. Those are all like shelf stable that can stay good for a while. And then yeah, frozen stuff. I have like a weird aversion, I think to frozen foods. Cause we ate it so much growing up every single night we eat frozen vegetables and I am <laughs> done with the texture, but, um, I think berries, um, mangoes, they're even good to eat just like out of the bag too, mm-hmm. or, um, super easy. What about another tip from you? Yeah. So when like building the grocery list, I think the biggest thing, this really helps with money as well is shopping your own pantry, fridge and freezer before you decide what kind of meals you're going to prep. So take a look what you have. Like, for example, I had frozen salmon patties, 
um, and some frozen chicken breasts. So instead of going and like forgetting about those in my freezer and going to buy more of those things this week, I knew like, okay, what meal can I make with this chicken? What meal can I make with this, um, these salmon patties? And so I think that's super helpful or seeing like, you know, oftentimes we buy things, but then we end up not using them. Then they get pushed to the back of the pantry or the bottom of the fridge or freezer. All of a sudden we're cleaning things out and they're expired and we're wasting things, wasting money, not good for the environment. We're throwing money away. I think really shopping your own house before you make a grocery list is super helpful. Um, and you might like find random things or get, get creative. You can literally type how to make a meal out of canned whatever, or how to make a meal out of this into Google and there are recipes out there for it. So I think that's a helpful thing to do and will help save you money for sure. The only thing about Aldi I have to say is like, you only get like certain sizes, especially a protein. So I don't know if you ever run into this since we both don't have kids, but like they only sell chicken in like huge packs. Family pack, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which is great because I do think it's cheaper because sometimes I'll be like, ah, oh, I just want to go to Whole Foods and get like one chicken breast. But when I look at the price, I'm like, dang, I could have gotten so much more chicken at Aldi. And so making sure to put it in the freezer, but then making sure that freezer, it doesn't stay in there for like five months. Yeah. So I like try to write, like I keep a, um, there's something on the fridge that's like from Amazon, this like meal planner. And I'll I'll just like um put on the next like flip up the page and on the next week put like I need to eat chicken breast something with chicken breast so I don't forget um yeah that's perfect that's so helpful yeah and so yeah I was gonna say that too like shopping with what you have first so that again yeah good for the environment goes so you're not wasting things and good for your budget because I can really um cut things down I think mm-hmm. my next uh tip would be I put like eat like wimpy produce first I mean like um, like eat produce yeah. is going to go bad first. Cause I just hear this a lot from clients where we make these produce goals, but, um, people can tend to forget that like produce has like different shelf lives. And so I normally try to eat, like, I feel like berries go bad really fast. And so trying to eat berries and like bananas go bad, like super fast as well. So trying to eat those first buying like mangoes or avocados that like need a couple of days to ripen up so that you can eat those produce first. And then the other like produce, it takes a while to ripen up next so that you're again, like not wasting food to the point where like you ate the mango first and then like you were going to eat the berries, but then all these need to be thrown away. And so then you're just like, have no produce left in your house when it comes to that. Um, do you feel like, you know, of any other produce that like needs to be eaten first or tends to go bad? I think some like herbs or like you buy a bunch of cilantro or things like that, parsley, some Mm -hmm. lettuce tends to go bad. I always like really check whatever I'm buying at the grocery store before. So that it looks like, like nothing has started to soil yet. Yeah. Um, I think keeping moisture out. So the way that you store it is super helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Like mushrooms, like if you buy pre-cut mushrooms, I feel like they go bad super quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like those are the big ones that I'm always like aware of, but yeah, that was a tip for mine too, is eat those things first because yeah. you don't want to be wasting that stuff. And I think do too, do you like an inventory of your fridge every day? Like you're going to open your fridge every day. Yep. So like at least take a quick peek in your produce drawers and see like, how are things looking? If something looks like it's about to go bad, then can you use it that day? Or if it's a fruit, you can always wash it and freeze it. If it's a vegetable, you can either cook it or you can like blanch it really quickly and then freeze it. So just like quick boil and then um, put it in the freezer and then serve it for another time. So that way, at least you're like keeping tabs on things, not having to throw stuff away. 
And I think spacing it out is perfect. Yeah. The wimpy stuff in the beginning of the week, the sturdy <laughs> stuff at the end. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Cause there is some produce that lasts a while. Like I feel like apples tend to last like, so yeah. I don't even stretch it for like two weeks. I'm like, I'm just oh, yeah. Leave. Apples last forever. Oranges. A lot of yeah. Seasons. Pineapples. I think they're in season now. They tend to like take a while to ripen up. So like planning it like that. And you kind of touched on something I was going to mention too, of like, freezing items for later. Uh, if like, especially bananas, I feel like you get like a three day window to eat bananas. Um, freezing them for smoothies is really great. And I think it honestly makes the texture better if you eat. Yeah. Like, I agree. yeah add in the frozen bananas. Um, I'm for always doing that. Spinach Just too. Peel off. Don't. Oh. <laughs> you got to peel them. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. And I think it helps sometimes if you break them in half because my blender doesn't do well with like a whole banana frozen, but, um, and spinach, I'm getting ready to go on a trip tomorrow. And I have a whole bunch of spinach that I made. Cause again, I bought it at Aldi and I can only buy this big bag. So I'm just going to freeze the rest of it and throw it into smoothies later on. Cause I know spinach will go bad by the time I get back at the end of the week. Um, even like you said, like soups or anything large that stays good frozen, um, mm-hmm. especially in the winter time, making extra and freezing that. And then I'm not super great with this, but I know that Sarah, and the Lacey, I feel like I've seen them make content on like freezing interesting things. Like I feel like Lacey made like, I don't know if it was spinach or like herb ice cubes. Oh yeah. Sarah made like those salsa ice cubes and throws them into like slow cooker chicken things. Um, You can get really creative with what you freeze. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Essentially anything that's about to go bad, you can get creative with it. Yeah. Using those ice cube trays and freezing different things. Mm -hmm. I've done that before, like smoothie cubes things like that. And then you can just throw them in. It's super easy. Yeah. And so then again, you're just like able to save money, but also able to make sure you have these like higher price point items, the produce, um, but, um, available to you so that you don't resort to higher calorie foods later on. Um, but what is another tip you have for us? Yeah. So I think making a plan for dinner is super, super helpful. Um, I think oftentimes people maybe have a good routine for breakfast, lunch, they do leftovers or something else. So I think having a dinner routine is super, super helpful. So whether it's like that client you mentioned, I have clients like that too. They really love these meal delivery services. So they know they're just going to have these and they're going to supplement with X, Y, and Z on on the other days when they're not having them. Mm-hmm. So I think whether you do a meal delivery or even I have a lot of clients now who are um, getting different, depending on where they live in different areas, they have healthy meals that are already prepared and you can just go pick them up. Um, and so it's already cooked. You don't have to do any of the cooking. You just reheat them. So that works well for a lot of my clients who are super, super busy and really just don't have the time um, or capacity at this point to do that. So that's an option. Or if you're going to cook it yourself, again, planning that meal out knowing what you're going to have for dinner. I always like to make extra so you can have either freeze it or have it for lunch the next day. So figuring out some good different staples um, that are going to work for you and work for your family so that you can continue to, um, you know, kind of cycle through those. I think that's a super helpful thing that I do. I kind of have like a spring, summer. I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. Rotation. So then instead of this like, oh, Pinterest oblivion of like, what am I going to have to eat? eat for dinner. I kind of have this like good rotating list. And of course I was trying new things, but then it makes the, the meal planning a bit easier. I don't know if you ever get this. Sometimes I get clients who are like afraid to eat the same thing. Like not like they're eating like 
one shake for every meal, I would definitely be like, no, we need more variety than that. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, getting nervous about like kind of eating the same thing almost every day or like every couple of days. And I feel like that actually like really helps. Um, I don't know why we have like this huge need to always feel like we need to try like new things all the time, which is great if we do, but sometimes I feel like that can cause people to be so fatigued if they're like always trying to reinvent this new type of dinner all the time. And we can just make it simple and just kind of find, like you said, those 10 basic things every season that work. And it can help just to get your mind off of weight loss, get your mind off of the efforts and focus that on something else. Cause sometimes that causes stress in and of itself. Yeah. And a lot of research shows that like people that have that consistency, that it actually really helps them sustain long-term results. Cause they, they're aware of the calories in it. They're yep. aware of how much their body needs. Um, and it just becomes that good routine instead of this like stressful thing. Yeah. I think kind of like, um, spinning off of that, um, I would say my tip when it comes to like how to actually plan your meals, if you don't even know how to do that, uh, I think we talked about it in like our episode with the, um, eating out, but protein and produce, like try to just plan that first because carbs, we don't have a problem in America getting carbs in like, that's not going to be an issue. Um, and so at least if you find a way to get in produce and protein in each of your meals, if you are like the type of person who's going to sit down and just take some stock, maybe you're trying to make a grocery list on Sunday and just like, make sure you have those like four to five, like servings of produce in the day. Um, and then also where your protein is. Cause when I get clients, that's what they tend to struggle with. And when I ask like, why didn't you meet your protein goal this week? A lot of times they're just like, I didn't, I've just forgot to even stock up on it or I didn't have enough and the same with produce, but it never is like an issue when it comes to carbs or fat or rarely it is unless somebody's like overeating. Um, and so like how you can plan that in, I think is I love to eat seasonally as well as far as like produce. Cause sometimes I do get bored of, um, like certain things like in the winter, I try to eat like a lot of sweet potatoes and turnips and stuff like that. And then I get bored of it, but then like right around when you're getting bored of it, then you come into watermelon season and it's like super fun. And I eat like one whole watermelon a day, you know, or whatever until I get more to that. And I think that can help to pay attention there, pay attention to what's at your local farmer's markets. Um, and then for protein, I think like finding like a couple, like you said, and just kind of like rotating through can be a good way to go with that. But I feel like you're really good with planning for that part. Do you have any more tips based on that? Yeah, I definitely rotate through a lot of different things. Um, and I'll leave things open of like, oh, I know I'm going to cook this and this. And then I'll just write on my grocery list, like vegetable to roast or vegetable to whatever, put in the air fryer grill. And then again, I just like go to the store, see what looks good, see what's on sale. And I grab that. Um, and again, that's going to really be the season what's in season at that point. So yeah. Cause I think that too, like, I don't know if you get clients like this, but I, I think a lot of people think that, um, uh, we think so much about our meals being super carb heavy, which we're not saying we don't need to do carbs, but that can be typically the, the food group that is super high in calories. So when we think about like pastas being like this super heavy dish or like a casserole, if we kind of switch our gears and think of like, well, how are you going to make like produce the star of your mm-hmm. meal first? And then just have those other things complement that helps weight loss. And just like that simple switch. Oh, um, absolutely. What is another tip you have for us? Another tip is to make a list and to follow it. So I know so many people are doing meal delivery or I mean, grocery delivery or grocery pickup. Now I would say, even if you're doing it online, right? Like still sticking to that list is super helpful. Making sure like, you know, where your food's going, right? Like don't just grab random things and have no clue where it's going to be utilized during the week. So I think it's more tempting when people are going to the store. So like, oh, well, this is here. This is on display or this is on sale or I want that bag of chips or those Cheez-Its or whatever is at the checkout line or just a candy bar, whatever it may be, we end up buying more things um, than we need. And so really focusing on like 
make your list, stick to your list. Um, that can be super helpful for, you know, what's available at home that's going to help set you up for success, staying within your budget for the groceries, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I find that some clients say that, um, Instacart can kind of help in this way too. Cause you're not like as tempted to like go on the aisles and buy different things. Like you just make your list and then go to the computer and you buy what's on your list. And so that can yeah. be helpful if you find that you over, um, spend or feel like, especially if you go to the grocery store hungry and then you end up buying like tons of desserts and stuff like that, or whatever sounds good to you. Um, and then you overeat and then that, you know, makes you gain weight. Next tip is when you are meal planning, a one like a little specific tip is to, if you're like looking for recipes, like maybe you are starting from scratch or you need a new amount of seasonal recipes. My kind of like sneaky tip is to look at diabetic cookbooks um, because I find that they're like, like, first of all, they typically have to have like the calories in the carb or mostly the calories in there because people have diabetes, they have to know how much insulin to administer themselves. Like they have to have that amount in there. And I find that a lot of cookbooks out there, they don't have the calories, which can be hard for people that don't just can't look at a meal and know how many calories it is. And so just start tracking or whatever. And so I think that can help, but then also they typically do skew to be a little bit lower in calorie, but also have a lot more produce because they can't be super carb heavy. And so mm -hmm. I like following a bunch of like carbohydrate, I mean, um, diabetic cookbooks. I personally love getting cookbooks from Ollie's. Have you ever been to Ollie's or do you know what that is? It's like a discount. No. It's got like big lots. I don't know if you, okay. yeah. So I don't know if they're just like, out. I've seen them in Texas and they had them in, um, uh, North Carolina, they're just like big, like warehouse stores that get like overflows okay. of things. And always, I would always, I, yeah, actually when we first started, um, I give like a present to clients. It's a cookbook and I used to get them all from Ollie's before I was like, I don't know why I'm not just doing this on Amazon. Um, because they have cookbooks there for like $3 and they have tons of them that are like diabetic cookbooks. And I think, um, I think that's just like, if you're looking for like where to start with recipes, that's good. Cause I get, I don't know if you get, I get a lot of clients who say that they're like looking for people to follow or they look for stuff on TikTok. Where do you normally direct them if they are looking for recipes? One, um, the millennial living, I yeah. always direct them there because yeah. there's tons of great recipes there and that's mm -hmm. super helpful. And we know that they're going to fit in with what our goals are. So that's the first place, um, for clients that I recommend they go. And then, um, otherwise it just kind of depends. So I kind of have like a list of different options that I'll send clients. If like they have a family and they want some more kid-friendly recipes that'll go for there. Um, yeah, different cookbooks that I utilize. I have used diabetic ones as well. And I think they're super helpful. Um, at, I even like gestational diabetes, I did some work with that and they had a ton of recipes that were like very similar to the regular diabetes, but just very, um, balanced meals that I think are great. There's tons of blogs, tons of things out there. And so it just kind of depends on what people are looking for. I don't have like two or three, I guess I have a few. I really like sometimes skinny taste. I like their recipe. Oh, yeah. I think too. that's a dietitian, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure she is a dietitian. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's her website is like damn delicious. She oh, that's good. Kind of good stuff on there too. I like her recipes as well. I am terrible at following recipes. I think. Oh yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm so bad. So I like never follow any recipes myself. I like see a picture. I'm like, Oh, that looks good. I'll try and make that myself. And then, um, I just do it. So I don't, I, I love like cookbooks for inspiration and like looking for different things. And I will follow some recipes. That's so funny. How do you find success with that? Um, do you just like have to, like, you just have like your basic things that you continue to follow. Right. Cause that like does really stress me out to like not have an exact recipe to follow. <laughs> yeah. Of the meals that I continue to rotate through, I just know how to make them. I'm also, I don't make anything crazy. Like 
Mm. I see a lot of things that you're making that are like very gourmet. Like I'm not a chef by trade. My mom hates cooking. So like everything is very self-taught. So it's like simple things. Like tonight we had brown rice, turkey burgers, and like just a plain turkey burger and roasted asparagus. So like, it's like so simple. Um, I made like chicken burrito bowls. So I had made salsa chicken. I had canned beans, canned, uh, corn, and then I sauteed peppers and onions. So it's like super, we're not doing anything crazy here. I do make like shakshuka we really like, which is Mm -hmm. literally just, it sounds fancy, but it's really not. It's just peppers, onions, can't big can of diced tomatoes. You poach eggs in there and then serve it with like some parsley on top and feta and some bread. So I'll do that. Fajitas. Yeah. I'm not doing like very gourmet things. It's just simple. Like I would love dinner to be cooked in less than 30 minutes. Yeah, no, I'm so jealous of that. I'm trying to get more into that now. I've been doing more like snack dinners um, mm-hmm. and that's been fine. I have like, every time I have clients that like, will do the whole like prep protein in the beginning and then they just like use it to, for different variations, maybe like yeah. ground some beef and maybe do like uh, tacos one day or like a soup the next day and are just like kind of mixing up. I'm always like, oh my gosh, are you going to be okay? Is that enough? And they're like, yeah, I'm not very fancy, um, but it's good. <laughs> that's why I like to highlight all of y'all because everybody is very different in how they kind of plan and how they like execute. I have some clients that, yeah, all they, what they want to do is like um, make a grocery list loosely with make sure they have produce on there, protein, some healthy carbs, and some like down to the T want to plan out like all the recipes I have and everything like that. And there's not a right or wrong way. It's really just like what, you know, works for you. Um, so I feel like we covered some good bases there with planning, but I hope this really helps people to figure out how to plan a little bit better. And yeah, definitely check out millennial living for more tips and more, um, more kind of like organized, uh, culminations of like what we're going to do for our food demo and our, um, like module on like planning one Oh one. Um, but this was a good little advertisement for that. So thank you so much for joining us for it, Kat. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Isla. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.